0: So we're in the series. This, in fact, today is the last day of the series called "The Gospel." Casey sitting up here. Thank you so much for participating and doing this with me. You have such a great, unique way of just sharing the gospel that comes from your heart. And as we were sat, as we sat down and talked about this series, and uh, we were sitting at we were at Nukes, weren't we? And uh, and eating, and and Tyler was with us. And as we were just talking about the series. Casey just got so excited he couldn't contain himself, oh, and you know what? And we can share this, we can share this, we can share this. We said, yeah, and by the way, you only have about 20 minutes to do it. And he's like, you are kidding, right? Because it's almost like you just open up the topic. When you start talking about Jesus and the good news of the gospel, it's hard to stop, right? So if you're uh, in our elementary and you're here today, we have in the back these little... uh, bags that have these sheets in it, and you fill those things out, and you get them to and Howell, and he'll give you some candy. He's like the candy man around here. And, so, and so, uh, so this is what I need you to do. You can put in Mr. Rick, and if you fill this out, and take it to him. And then it's, we're going to be today actually in Psalm 139. You know the gospel is all over the Bible, right? And so we're going to be in Psalm 139. And if you're going to draw a picture, draw a picture of your family And it really is just this idea, this symbol that God made us all so different. Some people are taller and some people are shorter and older and younger. And we all look different, but God made everybody different just as he wanted to. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Now if I were to ask you, what is the best thing about the gospel to you? What would you share? I got a text from Charles Barnes and he was just saying, you know what the best news about the gospel is to me? And he shared with me a song. And I'm going to show some of the lyrics out of that song today. But I just want to ask you that question. Because we've been talking about, you know, this, uh, who is the gospel? It's Jesus Christ. And what is it that he died on a cross for us? Where? At Calvary? When? In fact, we mark our calendars. By date, it was 2,000 years ago, around 2,000 years ago. And, and, and why? Because God desires relationship with you. But what is it about that whole story that is most meaningful to you. And I'm going to share with you what I believe is just one of the most meaningful things it is, is to me. And, and it really revolves around you. And it revolves around me. It's this, it's this idea that God gave up everything, His Son, and has created everything just because He wants to be with you. And when I begin to look in my life, and I begin to read the Old Testament, and I know when I begin to mess up, and when I make poor decisions, and when I run down a dead-end road, and my life feels like it's falling apart, and it's disastrous, and I begin to ask, what must God think of me now? The feelings that I feel, so covered in shame and guilt, it's hard to overcome It's kind of like do you remember when you were a child and you got caught doing something wrong and you thought that you could hide it but your parents were really really smart and they could tell that you were hiding something and you couldn't quite figure it out you you, you're like well uh, hey did did you write on the wall and you want to hide the marker behind your back and what's going on in your mind and, and what you, people can see on your face. And, and, and you, you're, you're, you know that you're in trouble and you don't know how bad and you don't know what your parents are going to do. And they're like, hey, did you draw one pork chop? And, and you want to say no, but you're too afraid to answer because you think that they may really know the truth. And sometimes it's really, really bad when they can really tell that you've been messing up and that who got into the markers and did you do that on your brother's face and you don't even want to answer because you know if I answer and I admit the next thing that's gonna happen is I've got to put my nose on the wall I'm gonna have to go into timeout God's gonna punish me or worse as you're an adult he's just he's just gonna send me to hell and so the good news about the gospel All has to do with how does God respond to you when he knows that you have turned your back on him. When you know what you deserve is punishment. When you know from the Old Testament you break the law, you're guilty of the law, you'll be judged by the law. And you're never going to live up to it. And then, okay, now I've got to earn my way out of it. And you can never earn your way out of it. Here's the good news of the gospel. And it comes from Romans chapter 5 verse 8. For while we were still weak. At the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us. In that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. When you were caught with the market behind your back. When you know you did what was wrong. When it's obvious. And, and God comes looking and he says, Adam, where are you? And all you want to do is hide in the bushes. And you believe that you're naked, totally exposed. And you know that the God of the universe has asked you to act differently, but you didn't. The good news of the gospel is when I feel like I was weak and messed up and sinning, God came, and instead of destroying me, He threw His arms of love around me. And it's amazing. And here's the song that Charles shared with me. You are fully known and fully loved. And this is just the simple news of the gospel. God fully knows everything you do, say, think, behave, act. He knows everything and fully loves you. Now the lyrics of the song, Tarnwell sings this song, Known. And is this, here's just a little bit of the chorus. I'm fully known and loved by you. And you won't let go no matter what I do. And it's not One or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known. Fully known and loved by you. I am fully known and loved by you. You are fully known. See, it it typically is one or the other. It's It's like people will come up to us and they'll say, oh, I know who you are. I know exactly who you are. I know what you think. I know how you act. I see what you don't do. I've discovered it. I know when you're lying to me. I completely know you. And that's why I don't trust you. Or I won't go into business with you. Or I'm not going to be your friend. Or I'm going to marry you. I don't want to have anything. I fully know what you're capable of. and, And quite frankly, I don't trust you any farther than I can throw you. Right? I mean, that's I fully know you. And that's why I don't fully love you. Or it's the opposite. Oh, man, we meet these people and we feel like, man, they just fully love us. They fully, they just, they love me unconditionally. But here's the, they don't really know everything about me. Because if they did, they would no longer be here. And the good news of the gospel is God fully knows you and fully loves you. And it's so rare Most people never experience unconditional love. If you find a place or a person who knows you completely and loves you with all their heart so that they will never walk away, you're experiencing some of God. And this is what it looks like. Here's Peter. Remember when Peter went fishing? And he's with James and John, and they're in two different boats, and they've been out all night. They hadn't caught any fish. And Jesus comes up early in the morning, Hey, throw your nets on the other side. And they're like, What a ridiculous... And they do it, and they catch so many fish, they can't even pull them into both boats. When Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. When you come face to face with the holy God, the Bible says we're going to fall at his feet as a dead man. We're going to recognize, Isaiah says, that even our righteousness is as filthy rags. And everything in us wants to just run. Just, I'm not worthy of your love. And yet Jesus says, Simon, don't be afraid. You You don't have to be afraid of me. And from now on, you're going to be fishing for people. You don't, you, no longer, you don't have to be afraid of whether I'm going to love you or support you or be with you. And I'm going to transform your life. And if you'll walk with me, you're going to live differently and experience the power of God like you never realized before. And that's the good news of the gospel. That's what it means to be fully known and fully loved. And so as I just begin to share this with you today, David was so overwhelmed with this idea. And it's just, I only had time to really bring one verse of Scripture, and so I just want to do this in Psalm 139. David experienced a lot with God, right? The ups and downs of poor decisions and great decisions and the victories of the Lord and the defeats of of God. And he would run away from God and, and feel so embarrassed. And then God would chase after him, and then God would support him. And he, he never felt like he was worthy of the love of God. So if that's you today, if you're at a place today where you believe, I'm not worthy of the love of God, I don't know why he loves me so much. It's even hard for me to wrap my mind around it. And really, every time I mess up, I feel like I don't belong in that church, or I can't just openly share then this is the good news for you. This is the good news of the gospel. Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. Okay, God, you, you know, you ran after me and you, you just sat down and you just discovered everything about me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. I mean, I didn't even the words didn't even come out of my mouth, but you knew what I was thinking, which is a scary thing. You know everything, and yet you love me. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. You see, every time I go somewhere, every place I go, everything I do, you see it. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You know exactly what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, even before I do it, even before I say it. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Okay, pause for a minute. When I was doing all my research in Hebrew, this is the one that I really, really loved. It's just, I mean, it sounds really simple. But when I was first thinking about it and I first researched it, I realized this word hemming, you hem me in, was a military word. It was a military term. And the, and the picture in my mind was that here comes the opponent, the enemy, and they have you backed into a corner. You're hemmed in. And you're fighting and you're fighting and and they back you all the way into a corner. And you have no place to go so that you finally surrender. You finally lay down your weapon. You throw up your hands and you surrender. And you fully expect that they're now going to take your life. But instead, he said, Lord, you lay your hand of blessing upon me. You have wrestled me, wrestled me, wrestled me, backed me into a corner. I've got nowhere else to go. And when I finally surrender, you bless me. And that's what I really thought the picture was. That's not the picture. The picture is you're fighting against something in your life. And it's overwhelming you and you feel like you're losing. And you feel like the enemy is coming from all directions. And you're surrounded and you do not know what to do. What he's saying is, God, you jump into the fight. And you jump in front of me and you jump in behind me. And you pull out your sword of righteousness. And you go on the front lines and fight for me. And he's like, I can't, I can't even imagine it. Because really, what's supposed to happen is when you're the king of kings, the lord of lords, when you're the god of the universe, all the people who serve you are supposed to jump in the front and, and give up their life for you. But the truth is, God believes you're the most important thing in the world and he's giving up his life to defend you. And he said such it's it's I can't even grab hold of that thought that all you want to do when I'm at my worst moment, when I'm completely surrounded by the enemy, when I feel like I'm going to have to give up everything, you rescue me in such a way that I can't even I don't even believe that I deserve it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? Is there any place I can go? If I go all the way up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Lord, you will love me all the way to heaven. And if I go to hell, you will love me there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If, if I get up in the morning and things are good and things are fresh, and if I could escape to the most remote island with the most beautiful beach and everything is lovely in my, in my life, you're right there with me. If I say, oh, the darkness shall overcome take me it shall cover me and the light about me be night even the darkness is not dark to you the night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light with you if I'm in the middle of the best time of my life and I'm experiencing the joy of the Lord and it's just like being on a sandy beach of the gentle breeze and I'm I feel like I'm in the vacations part of my life or if I'm going through the worst moment and it's so dark I cannot see the way out in both of those situations, you are there, and you're taking care of me. If I'll just turn to you, I know you're rescuing me, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together, my mother's womb. When does life begin with God? After birth? Or was he not there from the very beginning? I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven into the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. God sat down and he just began writing out your life. And he's like, man, I just... I wrote out a wonderful life. And and you're going to get to make decisions on what happens in that life. And whenever you stray from it, I'm going to be running back to bring you back to the life I designed for you that will bless you now and forever give you hope for the future eternally with God. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they're more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. He's like, I cannot believe how much time God is occupied thinking about me. You are the most precious thing to God. He can't get you out of his mind. He can't get you out of his heart. He can't stop thinking about you. He can't stop trying to decide how is he going to bless you next. And all he asks is that you just submit before him. So David's like, I'm so overwhelmed in all of this. And so at the end of all of that, David begins to give us a challenge. You are fully known and you're fully loved. Do you believe that yet? Do you know how much God loves you? How much he's running after you? How much he is for you? Even when you're feeling shame and guilt, God is like, you're not meant to carry that. You're, you can try. But it's going to wear you out. And it's not about working harder. i got to do more. i got to do more. i got to do more. You can't do more. You can't earn what God is giving you as a gift. You just submit. You just say, God, i let go. I surrender. And that may be one of the hardest things to do. Especially if all your life, all you've been doing is running. To finally surrender and live by faith is not an easy thing to do. But it is the best thing to do. And so at the end of it, David now says, if you want a starting point, I'm going to give you a starting point. I'm going to give you three dangerous prayers to pray. If you're wondering what's my next step, I'm going to give you your next step. And write these down because there are three dangerous prayers and why you should pray them. Dangerous prayer number one. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Sit down and intentionally give God permission to go through all your stuff. God, I'm giving you permission. Go through my computer. <laughs> go, th- go through my history. Go through all my actions. Go to my business. Look at, all- look at everything I've done. Look at everything I've said. Go through it. Just look and see where I go and what I do and how I act. It's pretty much an outside thing. Come in and just do a full search. And just know my heart. Go through everything, look at everything, completely search me. And see if I'm not willing to surrender to you. See what's in my heart. I'm just going to, I'm tired of lying, I'm tired of covering, I'm tired of hiding, I'm tired of pretending, I'm tired of living one way, and then when my parents walk around the corner, I act another way. I'm tired of talking one way until I get to church and then I change my language. I'm tired of sitting out in the parking lot, argue, 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 and then walking in the doors and pretending like everything's wonderful. I'm tired of it. And so I'm just saying, God, my first step is to just lay it all down and say, okay, God, do inventory. Search me. Just fully search me. And he will. And once he begins to expose, once he begins to say, okay, Can we talk about this? The next prayer is, okay, try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any grievous way in me. Okay, so Lord God, I'm telling you this is what I want to do. And this is from the inside. My intention is to do what is right. And if I come upon the challenge, I'm not asking you to remove the challenge. Try me, says, I'm not asking you to change everything in my life. I'm asking you to be with me. Give me the strength and courage to overcome everything that comes in my life. My circumstances may not change. How I handle them needs to change. I'm still facing the same situation. But what I'm going to do now is different. And so you'll see. I'm not asking you to try me. I'm not asking you to remove the challenge. I'm just asking you to help me do what you've called me to do, what you've asked me to do. And so, Lord God, I can't do that on my own. So, dangerous prayer number three, lead me in the way everlasting. I need you to do this with me and for me. I need you, Lord God, to, to begin opening up this door. Because It's hard. And so I know people right now, today, who are facing some of the hardest decisions they've ever had to face, and everything in them says, I need to run, I can't do it, but you can, and God will go before you, and He's going to be in front of you, and He's going to be behind you, so that the darts of the enemy don't pierce you and that they don't sneak up behind you and trip you God is fighting for you let him he will transform your life the good news of the gospel is Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be saved and he provided a way for the Holy Spirit to dwell in you and change you and make you holy and he's asking that, number one, you submit and say, the way I've been living my life is not working, and I want to give up. And he's asking you to take the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, and claim that, claim that victory for yourself and say, Jesus, your sacrifice, your death covers my sin, and I completely to give it to you. I repent, I change, I, I want to denounce, I want to get rid of all of that. And I now want to give my heart completely to you. Give me your Holy Spirit. I ask for your forgiveness. I welcome you to search me, to try me, and to lead me in the everlasting way. And that's the good news of the gospel. Amen.